Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Good morning, church. Wasn't that song just amazing? All for your glory. It's great to come around and just spend time worshipping our God and to, to really express his glory for us. My name is Peter Walsh and I'm one of the team members at C3 Noosa. And it's my pleasure to be giving the word today. The title of my message today is to move beyond the well. Or beyond your well, in fact. In John 3, we see the most, one of the most well-known scriptures, which is John 3.16. So God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that he, those who believe in him shall be saved. This was uh, spoken to a guy called Nicodemus, who was a ruler of the Jews. But we see here a different story in chapter 4. And we're going to move to chapter 4, verse 4. And halfway through, we see, And he left Judea, and he departed again into Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. Jacob's well was there in verse 6. So Jesus, weary from his journey, was sitting beside a well, and it was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came and drew water, and Jesus said unto her, Give me a drink. For the disciples had gone away into the city to buy some food. The Samaritan woman said unto him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews had no dealings with Samaria. Here we know the woman as the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. She's not given a name, and this is traditional for John. John had a few people he didn't give names. There was the mother of Jesus, the beloved disciple, the paralyzed man at the pool, the blind man, the man born blind, and also the royal official. But this does not lessen their story, and today we're going to look at the story of the woman at the well. The first thing that we see here is the encounter, her encounter with Jesus Christ. And we see here, Jesus had gone through Samaria. When we see that Jesus has gone through Samaria, we think that he's taken a shortcut. In actual fact, he was taking a longer detour to go through Samaria. And I, we see here later in the scriptures, he was showing the Samaritans that he was not just the saviour of the Jews, but he was in fact the saviour of the world. But what's particular note here is that in first century um, Middle Eastern society, there were three strikes against this person, the woman of the well. First one was, in fact, because she was a woman. Jewish men didn't speak to women in public. And, and some Jewish men didn't even speak to their wives in public. It was seen as something that wasn't done and culturally, and that's culturally significant for this time. The second strike, and which is probably uh, more important, is that she was actually a Samaritan. The Samaritans and the Jews by the first century had a, a history of over four, five hundred years of hatred for one another. When the Assyrians had come in and taken the children of Israel captive and the Samaritans captive. The Samaritans had taken on the gods of the new nation and had, had really had a, a lesser time of punishment in the, in the, in the captivity. And the Jews saw this as a, you know, they were sympathisers to the, to, the, uh, to the enemy and therefore were seen uh, very much to be uh, people not to be trusted and not to be worthy. Significant here is that when we talk about the Good Samaritan, we all know that parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus refers to the Good Samaritan. For a Jew, there is no such thing as a Good Samaritan. There was a great bitterness between the Jews and the Samaritan. The, second, the third thing we see was that she was classed as an immoral person. She'd had five husbands. We read in verse 18, Jesus actually highlights the fact that you have five husbands and the man that you're with is not your husband. We see here the woman at the well had a lot of things against her. The interesting thing, too, is that she's there at the sixth hour. 
And the sixth hour is a significant time because for us, that we know that is to be the middle of the day or 12 noon. For women in the first, in the first century collecting water from the well, they would have done it in the morning or in the evening. And it was a time for women to gather together and to celebrate all the things about households and their families and their traditions. So this woman choosing the sixth hour is significant because she did not obviously want to be with the other women. This could be partly because of her past uh, and her lifestyle, that she feared the shame, she feared the accusations that people would make, people pointing the finger at her and uh, just challenging her. And so she chose to self-isolate and self-isolate her life so that she would not have to confront uh, the bigotry and the hatred of other people. We see here in Nicodemus in chapter 3, a high society guy asks Jesus what is for salvation. And we also see now in chapter 4, a Samaritan woman, someone who has everything against her, asking the same question. And what's interesting is Jesus says the same answer. Here we see Jesus gives her an offer. And the offer in chapter verse 10 says that Jesus asked her and said, If you knew the gift of God, who is it that asks you for a drink? You would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And the woman says to him in verse 11, Sir, I have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do I get that living water? And we see here also in verse 12, Are you greater than our father Jacob? This is Jacob who was Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Jacob actually had dug this well and it's known as Jacob's well. He gave us this well and we drank from it. He drank from it himself as did his his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered and said, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I will give will never thirst. Indeed, the water that I give will become in him a spring of water welling up into eternal life. In Jeremiah 2 verse 13, we see, My people have committed two sins. The first thing is they have forsaken me the spring of living water. And the second is that they have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns, they cannot hold water. What we see here in Jeremiah's declaring is, is that we have forsaken the source of life and have tried to find a substitute, the two sins that the children of Israel had committed. For the fountain of living water in the Old Testament was a metaphor of the knowledge of God and his grace which provided cleansing spiritual life and transforming power of the Holy Spirit. The Samaritan woman thought Jesus was talking about a flowing river, a natural living, uh, sorry, a, a, a natural river. But he was talking about something that comes from within us that wells up, that frees us from our bondage and our condemnation. We see that there's many similarities between water and the gift of God's salvation. Often we think of salvation as a point of time, a point where we we achieve salvation. But salvation is really a lifestyle. It's, it's, you live within the realms of salvation. <clears throat> Water is, is necessary for life, so is salvation. Water is a gift from above, so is salvation. And water replenishes and satisfies, so is salvation. I've been working on my building a barn with, with Christian and there's nothing, you know, on a hot day, there's nothing more refreshing than going to the fridge, picking out a bottle of Coles sparkling water and just drinking it and that refreshment that it has. But then you go back outside into the sun and you need to keep going back to the fridge and back, going again and again and again to have that refreshment. 
But what Jesus is talking about here is in salvation is that this something that comes from within us through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the love of Jesus Christ and the, and the glory of God to really hone our lives so that we just have this continual refreshment of living water. So she, uh, she says in verse 25, and she said unto him, I know the Messiah is coming. Because the Samaritans were believers that the Messiah was coming, just as the Jews. Uh, he was he who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us of all these things. And Jesus replied to her, I who speak to you am he. She says, obviously there's a bit of dialogue there that goes between Jesus and the woman. And what we see here is her response. Her response to that encounter of Jesus. And we see in the response... Um, the disciples finally turn up and they're amazed that he's actually talking to a woman. Not aware of her past and not aware of her things, just the fact that she was a woman and the fact that she was a Samaritan. For them, they just thought it was extremely odd. But something happened in the encounter with Jesus that makes this woman's response unique. She runs back and she goes into, um, she leaves, it says in verse 28, she leaves the water jar and the, women, the woman comes back to the town and says to the people, come see the man who told me everything that I've ever did. So obviously Jesus reveals to her that he's aware of all her inadequacies, her sin and her condemnation, her guilt and everything that had held her back. The things that had made her go to the well at the 12th hour, uh, sorry, the sixth hour at 12 o'clock to self-isolate. It's interesting, we live in a, a, an era at the moment with COVID-19 where we, we've had to self-isolate, we've got restrictions. I know for many people, they're, they're frustrated by the restrictions, they're frustrated by the, by the fact that they can't go and visit people, they can't go to their favourite restaurant. There's a lot of things now that have been taken away from us in this self-isolation. It's interesting about our own wells, the wells that we make tether ourselves to. Often our past and our... our uh, what do we say, our, our, our shame, uh, our inadequacies, our fears, or our un, unmet desires, or whatever that is, can sometimes restrict us to needing a natural well to find ourselves satisfied. And we find ourselves always constantly going back to the same well and not living in the true destiny that God has called us. As we sung just before, all to his glory. We can't live like that if we're tethered to a well of our past. But here we see, she goes back and she tells the people in the town, he knew all the things about me. He knew everything about me, and I'm not living in shame anymore. This is the interesting thing. She was a woman who went to a well because of her shame, but because of the same events that put her in shame, she now is released to speak to the, the community and say, he is the Christ, the son of the living God. <coughs> And she says, come, they came out of the town and they made their way towards him in verse 30. She goes back into the town and tells them all. And eventually what we see is in verse 42. And they said to the woman, it is no longer because you have said that we, it's not, it's no longer because of what you said that we believe, but for we have heard for ourselves and know that this is indeed the saviour of the world. And Jesus tarries for a number of days and ministers to them about it. And the whole, basically, this town is, uh, is liberated into the, the living waters of Jesus Christ. We see here the seven thing, several things that changed in her life. The first thing is she made a confession of faith. 
she believed in the Messiah. She confessed, and it says in Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth Lord, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is for your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess that you are saved. We have to believe in our heart and we have to speak it with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. The second thing is she experienced a change of values. Her life was transformed through grace. What had limited her and put her into isolation at the, at the well and tethered her to the well where she would walk out when no one else was around, she would go and do her business in isolation and come home so she didn't have to face her sin and her past. She expresses her sin and her past and the deliverance that she must have felt from the power of God. She declares that and brings the glory of God so that a whole town would understand who Jesus was. And she demonstrated a concern for the loss. Many Samaritans believed, and because she was a woman, God stayed with the people for two days. We see here that through her being uh, encountered with Jesus and then being given an offer, she responded to that offer. I often think about this time now, COVID-19, you know, it's really a time of self-reflection, really. You know, the things that we've done in the past, were they convenient? Were they born from our fears, our hurts and our, our desire? Were they from our shame? Have we limited ourselves to, to the will of God because of those things? Have we found ourselves going out at noon to the water well to, to find some form of, of ability to quench our thirst, but to avoid those things which have been before us? But if we were to take the offer that God, that through Jesus Christ, gives us, is that through his living water, we will be set free. Not just set free to make us feel happy, but that we can live a life that is all for his glory. And that we could live to that true nature of what God has called us to be. This woman would never have thought that she could walk through a city and declare that her sin was before her, but was now in her past, and it was no longer part of her future. And out of her confession, many people came to know who Jesus is. Only God can satisfy our deepest longings. You know, um, I, see, I see a lot of people thirst for purpose. Unfortunately, in our society today, we, we have a large number of people who uh, have, um, you know, mental health issues, uh, addictions to drugs and alcohol, uh, just because they can't answer the question, why am I here? What's my purpose in life? We also have a thirst for hope. For so many people, there's hopelessness in our world today. And we, you know, we've got one of the Sunshine Coast, one of the highest suicide rates of young men. Um, it's, just, it's just sad because for a lot of people, there's hopelessness. And, uh, and we have a thirst for peace. We just want that inner peace that we can know that what we have is what we have and that we know where we're going. We know that we have a future. And this is what happens when we release ourselves from a well. When we move away from the well or the broken system that we have developed and we move towards the living water of Jesus Christ, we can let go of those things that hold us back. And this is what God is really, his passion for us as his children is to just through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, encounter Jesus, take the offer and then see our transformation. In Revelations 22 verse 17, we say, whoever... Is thirsty, let him come. Whoever wishes, 
let him take the free gift of the water of life. We see here that it's a free gift. And this Samaritan woman was just a random event in the, in the history of Jesus on earth. But I don't believe it was random. I believe it had a key message for all of us. Is that do not be held to your well. Leave the well and move to the spring of living waters. And in that you will live your life to the glory of God. You know, if you've um, never never made a decision to follow Jesus, and, and I know that sounds a little bit weird to say, make a decision, but this is exactly what she did. She knew the Messiah was there, but the Messiah was coming. She didn't know when, where. She was trapped in her life. She had no, no hope, no purpose. But an encounter with Jesus gave her purpose, hope, and most importantly, peace. You can have that today. And all it starts with is one single step. Jesus, your Lord. And if you feel that today, I just want to pray that prayer. It's just a simple prayer, but it's just the start point. It's the point where you start. And it's that point where you can see Jesus. And then from there, learn and, 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 and just absorb yourself in all the things that Jesus is meant to be. And drink from that river of living, living waters. So just if you do want to, want to make Jesus a start point of your life, just follow me in this simple prayer. Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross and that by your blood and by your stripes I am saved. I ask you now to take my sin that's, before, that's held me back and uh, the, the hopelessness that I have in my life and that you embrace, I embrace you as my Lord and Saviour, as my King, and that I wish to drink from the, the, the living waters that you provide. Amen. And church, look, <coughs> as we go out of COVID-19, we have a great opportunity, a really great opportunity, to really look at the things of our life and see the things that we may need to cut away. The things that may have held us back, it could be our our shame, it could be our guilt, it could just be our, our desire, it could be our, 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 whatever it is, our fears. And we can embrace what Jesus has got for us. And we can move away from our well. So let me pray for your church. Dear Father, we ask you to have your hand upon the church as we come out of this period of isolation and restriction, that you embrace in our hearts the things that we're meant to do so that we can be all that you wish us to be, so that we can bring forth your glory, that we can be all that you have meant us to be. We ask in your most holy name, Father. Amen. Move beyond your well, and you see the glory of God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.